Open up to Matthew chapter 24, please. Now we're familiar with the scripture, but Matthew 24, 36, notice Jesus' words, concerning that day and hour, nobody knows, neither the angels of the heavens, nor the Son, but only the Father. Hello, this is Devin Sawyer. And this is Jaden Sofa. And you are listening to No Date or Time. This is a podcast where we cover religious groups that thought the rapture was going to happen, but were wrong, and the fallout that comes with it. And today we're going to be talking about the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Yes, so they predicted that the world would end in the year 2000. And this is a... uh, Christian-based cult from Uganda. So let's get right into it. The movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God was a religious movement founded by Credonia Merwande and Joseph Kibwerter in southwestern Uganda. Their group predicted that the world would end on December 31st, 1999, so in 2000. They preached about Jesus and treated the Ten Commandments as their most important rules to live by. I find this interesting because, like, even here there were some people who thought the world was going to end then because of that whole big, like, computer crisis, remember? Yeah, yeah. The year 2000 is a pretty common Armageddon. Yeah, Y2K. Yeah, yeah. They worried extremely about breaking the commandments to the point that talking was discouraged and some days they only spoke in sign language. They did this to not break the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. They regularly fasted, they did not have sex, and they also banned soap. They believed they were in a similar situation to Noah's Ark, like they were the holy select in a sea of sinners. Yeah, I think that's like insane like you have to be very privileged in your mindset to think that you are like a select group by god you know what i mean yeah and you're not even like an israel or anything you know like you know the jews are supposed to be god's chosen people is what the bible says you know right it sounds like they were very committed to this like they wouldn't even talk to each other they just yeah so the ninth commandment is basically in simple terms like you shall not lie yeah and so i think they were like if we do sign language we have to think twice as hard before we talk okay i was gonna say because you can still lie in sign language yeah but you have to like be conscious of it if you're doing sign language like they were even scared of telling a white lie like a small like no those aren't my shoes you know like, like even just exaggerating? Yeah, yeah, exaggerating. So if you're doing it in sign language, you have to be, you have to think critically before you do sign language. Right. Yeah, so I think that's what that comes from. Why'd they ban soap, though? I have no idea. That's, just did not want to be clean? Yeah, I don't know. I guess they thought they were already clean enough, you know? They were already holy enough and clean enough. There you go. They gained a lot of attention in the late 80s when members of the Catholic Church joined the movement. There were a lot of former priests and nuns that joined the group at this time, 
and some of these members were excommunicated members of the church that had nowhere else to go. So I'm also pretty sure that one of these founders, I think the Joseph guy, is an ex-priest. Okay. So it just shows you they were they were excommunicated for a reason. So you know, I, like I, I failed there, but I can come here and start anew. Yeah, yeah. Like people didn't people thought I was kind of like BSing it there. Yeah. But here I can come say whatever I want, and people will listen to me, kind of thing. They became an official group in 1989 after the two founders met and decided to spread the message about the coming apocalypse. By 1998, they had around 5,000 members and were temporarily closed down due to unsanitary conditions, child labor, and alleged kidnappings, but they were later allowed to get back to the routine. Yeah, that's crazy. The child labor and kidnappings? Yeah. So they were closed down by the Ugandan government. And uh, then the, I guess they were allowed to reopen based off religious freedom. I guess they have like a, that in their constitution or whatever. Yeah, I imagine that didn't protect kidnapping children though. Yeah, yeah. Temporarily closed down. The unsanitary conditions is probably because oh. they banned soap. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> yeah. You can't clean anything. You can't clean anything. That's funny. For this episode, we're going to just dive straight into the aftermath and what happened when they realized the rapture or whatever wasn't in the year 2000. So when it got closer to the year 2000, they all stopped working and they would sell all their cattle and livestock. After December passed, the group started to fall apart though. They picked themselves up and said that the world would now end on March 17th, 2000. So they had a little bit of a date change. On March 17th, 2000, when the day finally came, they ate three whole bulls and had a big celebration. It's also said that they had a lot of soda. Minutes after the party started, there was a huge explosion, killing around 530 people. The windows were boarded up beforehand and the doors were locked to prevent people from leaving the building after the explosion. That got really dark. Yeah, yeah. This is a big shift compared to the ones we've done before. But, um... I mean, something actually happened, but it sounds like it was... Yeah. In someone's hands. Mm Mm-hmm. Later, it was determined that most of the people there had been poisoned and would have died from that eventually anyways. Around a week after all of this, the police found 153 bodies at another compound in Buhanij, 155 bodies at Dominic Catarababo's estate in Rugazai, and another 81 bodies at leader Joseph Niamirinda's farm. The final death toll was 924. A few days before the party leader Dominic Catarababo was seen buying 50 liters of sulfuric acid. All of the leaders were assumed to have died in the fire, but the police investigated claims that two of the leaders were alive in 2014 with no results. What's this guy, the Dominic Carababo? He is like the type of guy you learn about in algebra. Buying 50 liters of sulfuric acid at one time. That's insane. Yeah. So he definitely had something to do with it. There's no doubt. I wonder where he bought that from, because I imagine that would be seen as very, very sus. Yeah, very sus, imposter mode. 
Um, I don't even think, would you be allowed, like in America, do you think you could even go to the store and be like, I'm buying 50 liters of sulfuric acid without like a police officer coming up to you? I don't know. Maybe if you're doing some chemistry thing, I don't know. Yeah, he is the type of guy you learn about in Algebra 2, like... (laughs) If each if problem. each thing costs et cetera et cetera, if how you much need is this much total? acid to burn this building down and kill all these people? How many? Yeah, yeah, a little sus. Okay, so we're gonna dive straight into the quotes. Um, this first quote goes like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" I can do it if you can. <laughs> no, I got it. I got okay. it. The world ends next year. There is no time to waste. Some of our leaders talk directly to God. Any minute from now, when the world ends, every believer will be at an unyet-disclosed spot and will be saved. This is uh, a quote of a teenage member of their church, and they were interviewed by New Vision Uganda. That's pretty crazy. Um... Some of yeah. our leaders talk directly to God. Yeah, my parents talk directly to the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, for real. That's what I'm saying. Big claims, big claims. Someone shrank the Kool-Aid, you know? This is very similar to the Kool-Aid cult. Yeah, for sure. This cult uh, was the uh, movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. It was a syncretic Christian religious cult. Uh, whose uh, goal was to take over from the Ugandan politicians who they claimed could not meet the daily needs of their people. And uh, in the perspective of history, this uh, cults have always taken over when governments have failed. I think he worded it pretty well. Yeah. Like, he hit the hammer right on the nail. Like, I don't know if they started with bad intentions, but this was definitely planned. Like, I think what happened was, is you get all these, you get 5,000 people in your cult. Yeah. And you're like, the world's going to end in the year 2000. And then it does it. And you have a panic attack. Because everyone's yeah, starting to leave. Yeah. The only answer is to just get everyone to sell their belongings and kill them, I guess, in their eyes. What do you there think? There you go. So when they, wait, when they sold their belongings, uh... Was that money coming back to the leaders of this? I don't know. Because that would actually be... Uh... Well, you know, they never found out if the leaders were alive or part of the fire. Yeah, they still haven't been found. It's possible they're still alive. Yeah, so they could have done, like, the biggest get-rich-quick scheme of, like, all time. Perfect crime. You know, like, Art of the Deal, written by Donald Trump? Yeah. They've read Art of the Deal, if they got away with it. <laughs> they, like, have, like, sections of that book highlighted, you know? Um. <laughs> yeah, they've read Art of the Deal like four or five times. Um. Yeah, so now I'm going to put in a little clip of a rabbi giving his opinion on the matter. 
ability or is there a particular kind of person and personality that is prone to being attracted to a cult? Well, it's someone who uh, doesn't want responsibility. It's someone who says, let the other person worry about these things. I don't want, I don't want to care about it. I walk in, I leave my brains on the, at the door, I also leave my wallet at the door, and I leave all my cares at the world at the door. This is what happened uh, in uh, the Jim, Jim Jones cult in Guyana. It happened at the Heaven's Gate cult in, in, in uh, San Francisco, and it happened in Waco. And uh, today is the fifth anniversary of uh, the uh, Doomsday cult in Japan. People who, who have, uh, live in despair uh, want another person to take over their life. So this has been No Date or Time with Devin Sawyer and Jaden Sofa. And, uh, yeah, I think this has been a pretty good episode. You know, uh, we haven't really covered a cult yet, so this was a good chance we got to cover a cult. What did you think? It was a little dark, a little tragic, but uh, very interesting. Yeah, we tried to keep, we always try to keep the tone lighthearted and not get anyone too Debbie Downer. So what happened. What do y'all think? Do you think that the uh, leaders got away with it, or did they die in the fire, or... It's really up to you. So um, we'll see you next time on No Date or Time. Uh, open up to Matthew chapter 24, please. Now we're familiar with the scripture. But Matthew 24, 36, notice Jesus' words. Concerning that day and hour, nobody knows.